Welcome to episode nine of Just Friends, the podcast where a couple bound by the law, but not by Christ, watches every episode of Friends for the first time. What does that mean? Well, it's What are because... people supposed to take away from that intro? So we got, we're married. Not in a religious ceremony. Yeah, exactly. So in the eyes of Christ, we're not married, but by New York state law, we are. The only one that matters? One thing that I've noticed that we haven't been doing is introducing ourselves. I'm Becca. I'm Chris. And we're here to tell you about the episode of Friends we just watched, which is called The One Where Underdog Gets Away. Friends. How many of us have them? Friends. Ones we can depend on. Friends. Mm -hmm. So this is Friends's first thanksgiving episode and friends is is that what we're saying friends friends first thanksgiving episode i think friends yeah friends i think that sounds better yeah this is friends first thanks yeah i think you're right this is friends <laughs> first thanksgiving episode i don't want to have friends is yeah no banding about that, over that was over a good again. inter interception I had, there. <laughs> I had a nip in the bud um and Thanksgiving in the Friends universe is kind of a big deal. I know that you're trying to stay completely pure, but in my ongoing research of Friends and Friends trivia, they seem to have a Thanksgiving episode for every every season has a Thanksgiving episode. Sure. And some people believe that the phrase Friendsgiving comes from this, but that's actually not true. I have looked it up. I've researched it. Yeah. And Friendsgiving does not seem to be related to friends the tv show yeah i mean knowing nothing else about the show i would be skeptical of <laughs> that that no one thought of it i'm not even sure if they use it in the show i guess we'll find that out if we keep watching but it's certainly not this early on it's a reason to keep going <laughs> so this is a fun episode it's called the one where underdog gets away in case i haven't said that yet you did and that's kind of fun because the whole underdog plot i'm getting a little ahead of myself here but it's <laughs> Well, she's trying to get in. It's open. Yeah. So the whole underdog plot is about it being so windy that underdog, the balloon during the Macy's Thanksgiving yeah, Day parade, parade float. actually floats away, you know, so it's untethered from its handlers on the ground. And this year, this Thanksgiving, had we released this episode on Thanksgiving, we'll be a week late. We actually had, it was so windy that there were threats of the of the balloons flying away, but they ended up pulling them really close to the ground. Cause I guess in 97, a few years after this episode was made, one balloon did get away and it ended up flying through the crowd and knocking out a woman who uh, was in a coma for a month. So there is some truth to this episode. It's almost like they were a little prescient cause it was before the balloon act incident actually happened. I believe. Do you know what float it was? I don't remember. We'll have to look that up. Yeah. It was Cat in the Hat. It's important to know. It is important. What if it was Underdog? I feel like that would be a bigger deal. People would talk about deal? people would talk about it more, like this connection where they oh. basically predicted it. I guess maybe they are. I mean, I don't know if I would notice that people were talking about it. <laughs> That's true. I don't know if I would either. Yeah, I mean, it's a good way to get knocked into a coma, as far as yeah coma inducing events go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she was in a coma for a month, which means that she came out of it. If you can come out of a coma, that's as good of a coma story as you're ever going to get. Yeah, and if you got in there because of a Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade float, all the better. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's the good coma story. 
Let's yeah. get into the real plot. So my notes are a real mess here. I had uh, A plot, Rachel goes to Vale. B plot, the Gellers go to Puerto Rico. And by the Gellers, I mean Ross and Monica's parents. Mm-hmm. But then uh, quickly I realized that all of these, it was just kind of Converging. one big yeah. yeah, plot. Lots of small plots that converge into one master plot. One Friendsgiving plot, if you <laughs> yeah. will. So to maybe... use a phrase coined by the show. <laughs> So maybe the plot is, the main plot is Monica and Ross are planning on hosting Thanksgiving. They are the first ones to sort of be the anchor for Thanksgiving. Actually, I wouldn't even say that Ross is the anchor. It's kind of Monica and Chandler are the anchors for Thanksgiving. Because Ross isn't super into it. He wants to call his parents. Yeah, well, he yeah he's trying to like undo their Puerto Rico trip. Yeah. And he's not super engaged in the whole thing because he has his own plot going where he's trying to talk to his baby. Oh, yeah. I got questions about that, but we'll (laughs) get into into that. Uh, Phoebe jumps onto the bandwagon pretty quickly. I didn't get why she wasn't going to have Thanksgiving. I mean, I know her parents are dead. Oh, because they're celebrating it in January because her grandmother's boyfriend is on the lunar calendar. (laughs) Right. Duh. God. It's like you weren't even watching the episode. I didn't even take a note of that. I just like, oh. Just more Phoebe weirdness. I mean, I knew that you would know the Phoebe reason, so there's no point in me even writing down anything about Phoebe. (laughs) She just speaks to me. I get her. So those are the core people, and they have decided they're going to host a Thanksgiving. Chandler, in the beginning, he I believe that he's boycotting Thanksgiving because he boycotts all pilgrim holidays. That's what they say, and everyone seems to take it pretty seriously. Mm Mm-hmm. And Rachel is planning on going to Vail with her family. There's some plot here where she's trying to raise a hundred bucks in order to pay off the rest of the ticket, I guess. Yeah, or just like buy the plane ticket because her father was not going to do it. Yeah, which is, Uh, what a different time. Yeah, a hundred bucks. You can't really get anywhere for a hundred bucks. And she's having a hard time scrounging it up because her boss won't give her an advance because she's a terrible waitress. Yeah. And Although no when one... she's uh when she's talking to her boss asking for the advance on her pay, I wasn't sure what he was doing. It seemed like he was like plundering the tip jar. Yeah. <laughs> he was just like taking <laughs> everything out of it and it just which I is definitely at least today that's illegal. Yeah, he was plundering the tip jar and wearing a coat, making it seem like he was going to just take all the tip money and leave. <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem like he was counting it out like for distribution among the staff. Like he just took <laughs> wads of cash out of the jar and just left. <laughs> So I don't know what, yeah. if he's a great boss or a trustworthy character or if he comes back in the show ever. They should really lean into the whole he's extremely shady thing. Mm-hmm. You know, shady bosses are always a yeah, good... Yeah, I think that there could be a lot of uh, humor if he's just always doing sketchy side stuff and yeah, you know, exactly. trying to screw his employees. That's a sitcom classic. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it could. Who knows? But they didn't seem to be leaning into it. It seemed like they had to have him doing something and they just... Uh, Made him, maybe, I don't even know if they realize what it would look like. <laughs> no, make him uh, count out the tips. Eh, whatever. <laughs> I just thought it was bizarre that he was. Yeah. <laughs> as, I, at first, I thought he was going to like uh, give her the tip money. I'm like, that's also not, not legal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Joey ends up joining the whole Thanksgiving after he gets an acting gig, or no, a sorry, gig. a modeling gig. He yeah, was just an actor now. actor now. slash model. Exactly. And he announces this by coming into the cafe, 
with a full face of makeup on, Chandler's like, uh, Terrible excuse makeup. me, are you wearing makeup? Yeah, he looks like a ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> yeah, it was like all like pale white with like bright like blush on his cheeks. Like he looked, yeah, like, yeah he looked like, like a doll. Like yeah, it was weird. Did. Like you weren't trying to make him look like an attractive human living <laughs> person. It was terrible makeup. And Chandler makes a joke that he thought that he was Joey Tribbiani, actor slash woman, something yeah. like this. Which is a terrible joke. They definitely should have gone with my ventriloquist dummy joke that I just wrote right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, or they could have even done a whole like layer on thing. Everyone could have said different people that he looked like. Ventriloquist dummy, horrifying doll that perhaps Ross had as a child. Yeah. Some, uh, some you know, sort of a post makeup cadaver. Yeah. They could have done something with uh, Phoebe's mom when she was laying in the coffin. <laughs> Phoebe's mom? Yeah, because she's dead, right? Oh, maybe? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That probably sounds right. Yeah. That, that's why she lives with her grandma. <laughs> yeah, and that's why she wants uh, later on to add peas and onions to the potatoes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so he eventually, he being Joey, eventually gets a... I think he's wearing the makeup for this gig that he's gotten where he's... Some promotional campaign that they're doing around the like city. Like a PSA. Yeah, PSA. Some like health PS, public health PSA where he's already done the shoot. He doesn't know which... Which thing he his you know character is going to be modeling like which disease or whatever he's like oh Lyme disease is still available hopefully I get that he ends up getting VD yeah yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah and it's revealed when he comes upon a very attractive woman just sitting in the subway I guess oh, yeah there was a terrible subway set that was awful. yeah it people was really just, like, bad milling around all over the place yeah milling like, around like in, in front of a wall. Yeah. yeah, like not at the platform edge yeah. or anything. And like, then a woman sitting on a bench. Just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't, it and wasn't she a... was very well-dressed. I mean, well, I can't see a person like that just sitting in the subway. Certainly not like in the hallway. I don't even know what that... It was just. Yeah. It was not a very plausible no. it was bad. subway setting at all. It was not good. Yeah. But yeah, it does ruin his, uh, his game when he tries to to mac on her yeah so he's uh he's like chris said macking on her he's got some classic looks where he's looking sideways you know when a man realizes that he's got a whatever a catch on his fishing rod well they were talking fragrances because they both worked at macy's in the fragrance section yeah and, and then like, he oh turns you smell away. great uh oh, yeah. what are you wearing and she goes nothing and, and that's when he knew. He's like, whoo. Yeah, he turns away and looks off to the side and smiles and then looks back and smiles again. And he's like, well. And then she says, actually, I have to do something else. And he's like, uh, what? And she's like, um, leave. <laughs> and he looks past. He turns around to look where she was looking past him and realizes that he has gotten the VD campaign. So it says... What does Mario know that you don't? Yeah, so it's like VD, like you never know where you're going to get it or something, yeah. or you never know who has it. Yeah, you like, never know who has something it. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty funny. I like that part. <laughs> I did <laughs> like that part. I especially like that they show the next scene is a montage of every business basically in New York putting up this VD sign in their window. <laughs> yeah, Everyone is part, very passionate about VD. That part was kind of weird because it had that police song uh don't stand so close to me playing for like a really long time putting all of the up it was mm -hmm. it was kind of a weird montage i don't know I yeah wasn't... i mean i think uh perhaps the writers were a little lost when they didn't have their normal format to work in so there might be some weird fillers that they put in here yeah that seemed like it was 
filling some time. It had because it played that song. Then it had like a, the the song dropped out for a little bit for like a quick joke in the coffee shop about him yeah. being the VD guy. And then, and then like, it the went song back came to back. It. Yeah. It, was, uh, it was a weird moment. I don't really uh, feel like someone went crazy in the editing room or something. Yeah. I don't, I don't some know experimental. Yeah. Someone someone paid a lot of money to license that song and they just had to use it. They still could have used it. They just, I mean, the cutting was weird. Cutting to the group in the coffee shop just so they could say, you know, do you have VD? Not really worth it. Yeah, it was just a, it was a lot. So then it ends up that Joey, after the second time that they go to the police song, he opens up the door to the apartment looking pretty uh, dejected. And he announces, Is that another place for Thanksgiving? My entire family thinks I have VD. I love how everyone just assumes, <laughs> like, no one understands what these things are. Yeah. Like, what's the problem if he's around his family with VD? Yeah, he couldn't explain. Be like, no, it was just a modeling gig. <laughs> but also, venereal disease, like, you have to have sex in order yeah. to. Yeah, well, that's why Don't Stand So Close to Me is not a great song. Yeah. Like, it just, uh, it just, misinformation. Feeds, just feeds into this whole uh, proximity myth about acquiring VD. <laughs> Yeah. Or transmitting VD, yeah. I, I mean, know. his family, first of all, if he's going to be the face of this campaign, he should get a little more informed about how you transmit VD. Yeah, he should have a whole spiel ready. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Especially for his family. I mean, they should also tell you if you're going to be the face of VD uh, all over New York. <laughs> I'm sure that this wouldn't actually happen. Yeah, who knows, I mean, actually. well, they still have those things now yeah. about, like, um, like... AIDS, HIV testing mm-hmm. stuff and other things where it's like two, like some couple on like a, you know, like a similar kind of ad, but for like yeah. HIV AIDS. I don't know. I assume those people, maybe they do have it. I don't know. Actually, they... I do remember reading something about a guy, I think, who was suing because he had licensed his picture to a friend who used it for like stock images. And then it was being used for a stock image that he did not want to be associated with. And I feel like it was actually something Trump related. Like it was, you know, he was the face of the pro Trump movement or something. Yeah. I mean, that's why you, mm-hmm. you got to know where your photo's going. I did have a, a friend in high school who did one of those commercials for, um, like those, um, like just say, not just say no, like what there's some sort of like a, sexually transmitted disease thing for like geared towards like teens i forget what the campaign was called but it was something where like it was a bunch of kids talking about like high schoolish kids talking about like why they're like waiting to have sex or something or like just the say dangers. no sounds kind of right yeah something like that but it was a similar thing because like i knew her and i was pretty sure she'd already had sex <laughs> <laughs> whatever you gotta get paid man yeah yeah whatever <laughs> I mean, she could be choosing to wait to have sex after having sex, I guess. You know, like she For did the it. second time. Yeah, and it's like, okay, actually that wasn't so great, and I can tell you from the other side. Yeah. I do remember that campaign. Yeah, I forget what the like catchphrase was, so it wasn't yeah. too effective. No. Well, it was pretty effective for you. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not. I don't remember the slogan. <laughs> As I've already explained. Okay. So then, uh, so now Joey is in the group. So now there's uh, Joey, Monica, Chandler, Phoebe are all there. 
Uh, Ross is there, but he's whining the entire time. His Classic hideous, Ross. yeah, his hideous beige sweater makes another appearance too. Yeah, that turtleneck, with yeah, the big fat turtleneck, yeah. it just is not flattering. It is not for, flattering, for and I can't narrow... believe we've already seen it twice in nine episodes. Is that the same one or just oh, the same style? It's absolutely the same one. It's not. I think they repeat outfits so soon. Well, I'm not sure. I know that I've also seen Chandler wear that bowling shirt thing as well that he wore in this episode. She did not. So you might just have multiple bowling shirts. No, we'll but that to, specific one. We'll have to go back and check. Okay, go punch, ahead. Punch in some computer I can voices. tell by the face <laughs> that you're giving me that you don't believe me. It's not that I, I, I mean, I do think you're wrong. <laughs> so yes, I don't believe you. And do you believe me about Ross's sweater? No. I think it's a similar sweater. I don't think it's the same sweater. I think he just... There's been a couple characters wearing a similarly styled... All right. We'll see. Turtleneck sweater thing. We'll see what the robot has to say about this. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait either. So Ross goes over to... Um, His ex-wife's... Susan. New Susan. Remember, this is now oh. the second Susan. So is this the first time we saw her? Or... No. Did we already see her? I think before? we already saw her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we saw her briefly. Yeah, because... Uh, yeah. She was at like a dinner or something. Yeah. I don't remember what. But yeah, it's, I still am not used to it. I don't know why the first Susan really uh, became the Susan for me. Because <laughs> every time I see this new one, I'm like, that's not Susan. <laughs> well, I think it was because we already knew her as a Gail from... Oh, yeah. She was like a known from face. From Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Because the new, the, the recast is very forgettable. I never really... Yeah, I can't, this like... Susan... I'm not connecting with this Susan either, and I assume that this is the Susan that they're going to have for the rest of the series. Yeah. And so this is this is going to be tough. Yeah, it's a downgrade. It's a downgrade. Yeah, it's I mean, a downgrade. less charisma. She's less attractive than original Susan. Ooh, damn. Hot day. Keep it in your pants, Chris. Is it only because she's pregnant now? Uh, I mean, yeah, pregnancy is gross, sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> part of it. But anyway, he goes over to, I don't know, get a skull or something from yeah. Carol's house. I wasn't even sure if he ever got it. Did... I don't think so. <laughs> he got pretty distracted, it seemed, by the whole, his what, her girlfriend. Her I don't remember what her name is. Me neither. But she was being very, uh, she was very cold and like uh, abrasive to him as soon as he got there. Like kind of. She like, doesn't like him. Yeah, I guess. But she can't just like put up a front for <laughs> 10 seconds. I think she's supposed to be, you know tough lesbian girlfriend character so just imagine if it's a a dude in this role like it would be pretty normal to have a new boyfriend be a total oh who puts out some negative vibes yeah yeah i suppose she she did a good job of that she was yeah putting out a lot of negative vibes yeah (laughs) like it was very clear that she was yeah revolted and did not want him there and Mm -hmm. was trying to insult him whenever she could yeah so i think it fits perfectly yeah but anyway, it was weird, though. She was kind of yelling the entire time. I don't know if you noticed that. Her voice, like the way that she was speaking was like up here versus she, yeah, here. She was sort of projecting. Yeah. But maybe it's a power move. It, yeah, it did seem. Yeah, like she was just trying to like shut him down or something. Yeah. Or like, like, what are you? Why are you here? What are you doing? She probably just... thinks the whole skull is just a cover to see, you know, the baby bump. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Yeah, I mean, he did expect uh, Susan to be there. Yeah. Oh, I think Carol is the girlfriend's name. That sounds right. Yeah, and then Susan. For this episode, her name is Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Susan eventually 
Uh, she's there next time. He finds out that Carol is reading speaking, to the baby, yeah. speaking to the baby pretty regularly. In and, utero. In utero. And she's just referring to Ross as Bobo Sperm Man or something like this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it can't be bad. That's Bobo Sperm Man sounds like <laughs> some sort of bayou ejaculating demon. I don't know what that is. <laughs> It's Bobo the Sperm Guy. Yeah, Bobo Sperm Man definitely sounds like the thing of nightmares. if you don't brush your teeth before you go to bed, Bobo Sperm Man comes and and slimes you in the middle of the night. That is so wrong and so gross. (laughs) I mean, it might be true. It's a pretty good myth. (laughs) If we have kids, I'm going to use it. Do not teach our kids about Bobo Sperm Man. Do you know what that would be like if they go into school? And start telling other kids, oh, if you don't brush your teeth, Bobo Sperm Man will come and grease on your face or whatever you want to tell them. I mean, that'd be a hilarious parent-teacher conference. I, uh, I'm i just glad that I won't have to explain what's going on. I'll be like, I've never heard of Bobo Sperm Man. Like, oh, you know about Bobo Sperm Man. <laughs> Let me tell you everything. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so distracted now. <laughs> But so he finds that he finds out that uh, oh, yes. Carol is reading and singing and speaking to the baby in utero. So that's why he comes back the second time because he wants to get in on it because he cannot let anything. He's very petty when it comes to all this. Uh, all this stuff. <laughs> he really is. And he is telling the baby a very boring story. I think basically the story of his life. And Susan is playing along pretty nicely. She's just mm-hmm. lounging and reading some National Geographic while Ross is telling. The baby, how he ended up being a paleontologist, mm-hmm. which was on a dare, I guess. Did not realize that. And he eventually starts singing to the baby when Carol walks in, just to, again, some more pettiness. Well, because uh, Susan suggested it. He's like, I'm not going to sing. Like, that's yeah. insane. And then as soon as Carol walks in, he's like, ah. Here we come, walking down the street, get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. And then when... He sings and the baby moves and they're all very excited. Then Carol wants to come in and feel the baby move when he sings next. And he slaps her hand out of the way. <laughs> On I, the baby. Yeah, like right there, which I thought was a just, man, he's so unlikable. I don't know. He why, really how, is. Like, did no one see this when they were writing this character? Or did America not see this when they were watching the show? You know that David Schwimmer was the only one who didn't have to audition. He, the character of Ross was written for him. Was he a known quantity? I think that uh, when I read about this, that he and the director or producer or someone had worked together and they had already come up for a, with the framework for this character. Oh. Like a paleontologist who's like unlucky in love or something like this. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I did not know that. I mean, I don't know what that says about David Schwimmer. I know. That's kind of why I was saying it. <laughs> But yeah, it's just more, just, it was a, I thought it was a real dick move to, uh, like, she's still going to be, you know, like the baby's mom. Like, there's no reason to be such a dick about all this. Yeah, exactly. And he, you know, let's say that Carol was a man. You know, he actually occupies a very special space, which is the man. You know, like, as much as Carol and Susan, Susan want, they still can't produce sperm. So he is still going to be at least biologically related to this child. So shouldn't that be good enough? Yeah. And you think that having, you know, some sort of a nice relationship with 
Yeah, would be more beneficial to everyone. everyone in this unborn baby's life would be better than <laughs> slapping each other. <laughs> yeah. And Carol, she doesn't slap him back. She just puts her hand back eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess she, she didn't escalate the situation. No. Which if it was a boyfriend, I feel like. <laughs> that would have been a certain fight. <laughs> yeah. Then Ross has already established that he's sad that they're not having mommy and daddy Thanksgiving. Um, and he wants the potatoes to be lumpy. Mm-hmm. So back in the house, in the apartment, uh, Monica, Monica's apartment. Yeah. yeah, Monica's apartment. She's working pretty hard to make this whole Thanksgiving dinner. It's her first one, I guess. Yeah, trying to cater to everyone's mm-hmm. tastes and demands. So Ross wants lumpy potatoes because he's sad. Mario, or Joey, wants uh, tater tots because he's sad that he can't be with his family and everyone thinks that he has VD. And eventually Phoebe realizes that she wants to add peas and onions to the potatoes because that's how her mom used to make them before she died. Mm -hmm. So everyone's playing a real sad sack song here to get their potatoes their way, which is just ridiculous to me that all of this is being indulged. And I I saw your face when Phoebe suggested... Uh, peas and onions, and I feel like you you grimaced at it. Which oh, that's I thought that disgusting. That, was, that sounds good. What's wrong with that? You know I don't really like peas. But like, and I don't like surprises in food. <laughs> surprises. Yeah, like I don't like you know cream of wheat with raisins in it, or I don't like flavored bread, for example. <laughs> <laughs> These are surprises. They're surprises. It's like you know you're expecting it to be a certain consistency. Oh, there's something weird. <laughs> when you get this. This dark, moist slice of bread, you think it's just going to be regular, like, Wonder Bread? Like, what do you mean? What's what's the surprise? No, in... like, wheat bread or is, like, not, you know, there's no weird surprises in it. There's no carrots or zucchini. <laughs> I guess that, I suppose, if you just don't like those types of breads, then getting them is a surprise, I guess. Yeah. I thought you were talking about, like, empanadas or calzones. <laughs> no, where, no, like, you can't <laughs> see what's inside. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I don't like... I guess it's not surprises. I think of it as surprises, but it's more like inconsistencies in texture. Uh, I mean, I suppose. But, like, uh, you don't, like... There's lots of, like, various breads. Like, zucchini bread doesn't have, like, chunks of zucchini. You don't like Yeah, I mean, I also that. just don't like flavored yeah. breads that are flavored yeah, I feel like differently. it's just... Um, you're apparently a bread and cream of wheat purist. <laughs> so, I don't even feel like telling you this, but I do like lumpy cream of wheat. <laughs> What is lumpy cream? Why do you, what do you, isn't it just well, like a it's mixture? Just like, so it's just like Ross likes lumpy potatoes. So if you're not like mixing them up well. Yeah, but at least then they're like, they're chunks of potatoes. Chunks of cream of wheat. Isn't that just unbroken up like cream of wheat mixture? That's... <laughs> that sounds gross. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't understand. <laughs> wow, that sounds terrible. Why would you want that? You know what? Some night we'll make a dinner. It'll be lumpy cream of wheat and it'll be your weird potatoes with onions and peas. And we'll potatoes see who's with is onions better. and peas sound delicious. <laughs> Whatever. I, that's going to be... I'm going to demand it. When we go to my parents' home for Christmas, I'm going to demand it. They, they have been working on the uh, Christmas menu. Yeah, they were asking me for input and I had none. Now I do. I've got calls to make. <laughs> It's at this point where everyone realizes when everyone's in Monica's apartment and everyone realizes that the underdog has flown away and they all leave the apartment to go out and to to try to see it, yeah. including Rachel, 
who is supposed to be leaving for her plane. She has all of her ski stuff on, and um, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah, to I like me. that she's wearing the skis. Like <laughs> yeah. she's gonna get off the plane like on the slopes. She's like already in full like. She still has to get gear. to JFK. Yeah, and sit on a plane for you know several hours. Yeah. Well, not that yeah. many, but several, like three and a half hours to Colorado. Oh yeah, yeah, and then like why why wear all of that? That's uh, yeah. either whatever. I know it's just a visual gag, but yeah. still, they got to remind you that she's uh, she's going skiing. Yeah, but yeah, so they run up to the roof to see Underdog flying over, whatever Bryant Park or something. It's at this point. Uh, you know, they end up seeing him. They they never show you this part. Um, no, that the production, the, think, C, the CGI wasn't good enough yeah. to show a giant underdog over Manhattan. Yeah, I think it was over Central Park. Well, whatever. One of the parks. But anyway, not that far apart. they come back down the stairs and they're sort of narrating what they've seen. And Phoebe mentions they didn't have to shoot him down. That seemed pretty mean. And I thought it was a little funny because it called back to an earlier episode where Phoebe said she didn't want to shoot puppies. It's true. Yeah, she's <laughs> now a... she had to see she's Underdog like, no. get shot down. <laughs> Something must have happened. Um, it's just more Phoebe darkness. She has some mm-hmm. dark trauma. I mean, the first time she referenced, or when they, someone suggested like jokingly shooting dogs, and she's like, "No, like we cannot do that." Like you know, like she had done it before. Yeah. And now felt bad. It's like, no, you can't go down that path. I've been there. <laughs> and this is a further evidence of it. Yeah. So there wasn't a, there was like Phoebe weirdness this episode, but that was the closest to Phoebe darkness that, that we got. Yeah. But that's uh, when they realize that they are, they eventually out. get back down to the apartment door and realize that no one has grabbed the keys. There was a miscommunication <laughs> regarding got keys. Yeah. Monica says, got the keys. And Rachel interpreted it as got keys or got the keys, got the got keys. The keys. Yeah. Got keys, got keys, mm-hmm. which, uh, when she left, I did think she was telling Rachel to grab the keys. Me too. <laughs> but you So know, Rachel was in the wrong Rachel. here. Yeah. And then Monica has a little mini meltdown where she says she's making too many types of potatoes, trying to please everyone. It's her first Thanksgiving. She gets into a very high pitched tone. Uh, while Joey and Chandler are going through a whole drawer full of keys that they expect that one of them is Um, going to be the copy of the key to get to the apartment. This goes on for some time. We're not exactly made sure, but uh, it's long enough where it's basically almost a fire in the apartment. Yeah, I mean, it must have been a very long time because it would take a long time to go from, like, just overcooked turkey to, like, scorched smoking turkey. Yeah, like hours. Yeah, like... If you cook a turkey for one hour too long, like it won't, you might, it'll be dry. It'll be dried out. But it won't be, it won't start like, it won't turn black and start smoking up your apartment. Yeah. Once again, the logistics of friends, not great. Because in that time, I think that they would have called a locksmith. They were a bunch of idiots. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Or tried picking the lock. Yeah. Or like calling the landlord. If you had a hundred keys in your drawer, it wouldn't take you more than an hour to try them all. Yeah, take you significantly less than <laughs> yeah. an hour. Look at probably twenty minutes actually. Yeah, you definitely would have. Because some of them you'll try to put in immediately, won't fit. Move on. Yeah. So like mailbox keys, obviously not going to work. Yeah, I was a little annoyed by that. Yeah, I mean, I know that it it had to be that way because they couldn't come in like oh like the food's kind of bad like it's it's not as funny if it's all it has to be scorched so that they can have their uh, Chandler 
food Thanksgiving <laughs> with Funyuns, grilled cheese, and uh, tomato soup. Yeah. Oh, at some point Chandler reveals that he actually doesn't eat Thanksgiving food because his parents, as he was taking a bite of pumpkin pie when he was nine years old, <laughs> his parents announced that he that they were going to be getting divorced. And it traumatized him so much that he has not been able to eat Thanksgiving for the last, I don't know, 20 years or something. Yeah, which is pretty pathetic. That is like, really ridiculous. Get over it. Yeah, maybe pumpkin pie. Yeah, like just pumpkin pie. Like I can see, you know, you have, you know, senses tied to memory, yeah. whatever. You uh, might feel some rush of uh, bad feelings, but eventually you can move on. Yeah, and eat apple pie. Yeah. You can still have turkey. Like, what's <laughs> yeah, wrong with turkey? Tur- or, or even Ham. things that are, that are more Thanksgiving than Funyuns and grilled cheese. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to go, like, bodega junk food. I mean, it does fit his whole extreme man-child profile. Yeah, it does not fit uh, his, you know, he seems gay thing from the last episode. Oh, yeah. I'm t- like, that, that was one. such a waste. Yeah, that was, uh, they forced that one. Yeah, I was reading, what was it, the Independence list of all of the Friends episodes ranked from worst to best. And they did rank that episode as one of the top 10 worst. That is the one where Nana dies twice because they said that although the Nana plot was pretty funny, the whole Chandler is gay plot totally ruined it. Yeah. Just forced. Yeah. Totally baseless. In the time where the turkey was burning, Rachel also misses her flight to JFK. Well, so, from JFK. Uh, yep. Sorry. From JFK. <laughs> from LaGuardia to JFK. <laughs> Six seconds in the air. <laughs> and she has now joined the Friendsgiving. Ross also comes back and walks in and he walks into the whole smoking turkey and he immediately says, that's not the way mom made it. Yeah, this doesn't smell like mom's. Yeah. Yeah. Total dick. Yeah. You just can't. He just is always trying to bring people down. He really is. Yeah. He's a real, uh, real negative Nancy. <laughs> I want to give just a little side production note. As much as we're trying to dampen additional sounds, our cat has again walked into this second bedroom and he has decided that this is the time to explore everything that's going on. So he's been knocking against the table and right now, I don't know, he's like chewing Chris or something. And so you might hear a lot of noises that we can't control. It's just little G. That's life. Mm -hmm. That's pet life. He just demands attention. Uh, I mean, I think that's most of the high points of the episode. I mean, they have like that touching moment at the end where like they all they all realize they have each other when they see ugly naked guy with ugly naked woman, you know, doing dancing, u- ugly naked dancing, and taking out a turkey mm-hmm. just so you get that nice Bent balls, over. yeah, image mm-hmm. um. <laughs> of an ugly naked guy near a, a hot stove yeah or a hot oven <laughs> probably sweating did you have more to say about the, the final moment no that was pretty much it like it really did bring everyone back together it was really touching they all looked around and realized you know as miserable as they all were for their thanksgivings they had each other and then they could feast on the chandler thanksgiving mm-hmm. and they said thank goodness for friendsgiving <laughs> thus coining a phrase we still use to this day <laughs> No, I think Chandler had a pretty uh, dry toast, actually, about how even he's grateful that everyone's Thanksgiving was so miserable so that they could oh, all yeah. be together. That was before the touching moment. No, it was after. 
Are you sure? Yes, because it was when he was cheersing over his Chandler food. Oh. So he said, you know, thanks. I'm glad that Yeah. this isn't how everyone pictured it. But mm-hmm. the only other note that I have is Monica says ruined weird. Potatoes are ruined. Potatoes are ruined. Potatoes are ruined. <laughs> Uh, how did she say? I've heard people say, like, like ruined. I think that's how it was. I've heard ruined Ugh. a lot. I'm not a fan. No, I don't like ruined. Yeah. It sounds more like ruined. You ready for a trend? <laughs> Are you ready for Friends trivia? <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yes. It's time for Friends trivia. So I've got a pretty fun one today. This one, I think that we will actually be able to interject some more songs into the episode. Okay. So, uh, you know that the Friends theme song is I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts. I do now. Oh, did you not know it was by the Rembrandts? I feel like I've heard that. If you ask me to name the band that does it. um... Damn it. I should have made that the trivia. (laughs) Yeah. This actually caused them to break up in 2000, this song, because they were like alt radio darlings. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like, you know, a jangly indie indie rock song from that era. Yeah. And it, the song is only 45 seconds long. But then they're... Wait, the original? Or did, were they like commissioned the to The only one this? that they were going to release. But then their album actually tacked on a full length version that's like kind of forced extended <laughs> to make it playable on the radio yeah exactly not not their album their label did tacked it onto their album i'm sure. not sure what i said yeah the listeners will get it okay <laughs> so then they felt like they were sellouts the song really came between them and one of the guys from the rembrandts he said that it's not enough to retire on but it is putting their his two kids through college so that's kind of nice I guess. I mean, you could retire on that if you made your kids go to a state school. <laughs> yeah, seriously. What did they go to a private college for? Yeah. It's a waste. Their dad's already in the Rembrandts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't pull some strings. One of these four songs that I'm going to list for you was the first pick for the theme song. Here's song number one. It's called Happy Shiny People by R.E.M. Here's song number two. Hopefully I've written this down right. I got that first song wrong. It's actually shiny, shiny happy, happy people. people. Chris Which, already knew it and he... Yeah. When you said it, I'm like, that's gotta be wrong. It's a different version, actually. <laughs> the second one is For Pete's Sake by The Monkees. right i've heard that one mm-hmm. uh the next one is you're my best friend by queen and the last one is new york minute by don henley and the eagles So 
one of those four. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say shiny, happy people. Yeah, you're so good at these ones. That one, that one was the most similar to the song that they chose. The one they chose was probably a much cheaper version <laughs> of that. REM was like huge. Yeah. This was like their heyday. It would have cost a fortune to get one of their most famous songs licensed for a TV show. But the rem- like no one knows who the hell they were. Yeah. But it's, you know, the same kind of uh, upbeat sort of... Uh, With clappies. Yeah. It's just sort of like that jangly mm-hmm. indie rock guitar music that was very big in, <sighs> in that time. I hadn't really... Um, I hadn't really heard some of these other songs, like For Pete's Sake by the Monkees. That one was way too 60s-ish. Yeah. They never well, I know. I guess the Monkees use it in their theme song, in their TV show. So I was like, well, maybe it will be It wasn't good... Hey, Hey, We're the Monkees? <laughs> that wasn't their theme song? <laughs> this was the closing one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to go with Hey, oh, Hey, my... We're the Monkees. That would be way too obvious. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was just Googling songs about friends. Yeah. Yeah, this is the Brady Bunch theme song by the Brady Bunch singers. <laughs> and then uh, New York Minute, I guess, is in another episode. Minute. Yeah. So. I can see some sappy... Uh, monologue or like time lapse thing happening while yeah. that song is playing. But I had no idea that shiny happy people sounded so much like the Rembrandt's thing. Yeah. It also sounds a lot like uh oh, like the kids in the hall theme song. Yeah. It does. It was like that was like a that was the yeah. sound of that era. But I guess I couldn't have picked that one either because you would know that it was the kids in the hall theme song. Yeah. I mean, clearly, I still know what the Kids in the Hall theme song is. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. All right. I mean, I am I feel like I'll have to do some tabulations, some tallying up to see how I'm doing on Friends Trivia, but I feel like I'm doing... I think you're doing pretty good. Pretty well. I mean, those ones where it's like uh, name six things in order. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know that next week will be one of those because uh, I don't like <laughs> yeah. you to get two in a row. Because I'm riding high. <laughs> yeah. All right. Then, I mean, I guess that's it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Catch us next week at 12 p.m. Eastern every Thursday, where I think that next week will actually be like a Christmas or a New Year's episode. So although we were behind this week on Thanksgiving, we'll be way ahead next week. So no one's going to be happy. (laughs) 